What's up, family? This is Edgar Otraves coming at you again. On today's episode, my accomplice is not my cousin Dan. Today, we're going to be talking about The Killing Joke, which was based on a graphic novel written by Alan Moore and illustrated by Brian Bolin. You can find The Killing Joke on Netflix. This is not an advertisement. I'm just telling you, if you want to watch it, you can go see it if you already have a Netflix um, account. If not, you can head over to any one of your uh, favorite little uh, digital pay-for on-demand screening services. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We had a blast, as always. Um, If you want to support the podcast, head on over to shop.theflowrealpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Flow Row Podcast. This is Edgar Otra Vez with uh, my good friend and co-host for today, not my cousin Dan. That's me. Yeah, you can hear the <laughs> cheering, right? This is like... <sighs> I hear that all the time. <laughs> it never stops. I have like a horn section behind me and everything. Man, I you know yeah that that'd be cool like to just hire people to like walk around with you. <laughs> an episode of Family Guy. <laughs> he had his like own like music. Yeah, but 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 it's like making fun of him. So like every time he takes a step, there's a guy with a tuba and womp 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 womp. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know what kind of noises it's going to make when I go to the bathroom either. Uh, so make all this, all those horrible noises when you're in the bathroom and Candyman comes out to get you. Oh, fuck that shit, bro. <laughs> all I've been, ever since I podcast, I've been thinking about stupid Candyman. <laughs> I got to watch that movie again, man. I feel like I have to now too. Like, yeah. um, but I, I went, I went and watched um, the shining I went and watched uh, Jaws. Um, I actually went in. I think I had to. I don't. I, I think I bought Silence of the Lambs. So uh-huh. like, a, like a bunch of the ones that Emily was talking about. I went and downloaded those guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, so I need to watch Silence of the Lambs still. But Silence of the Lambs is fantastic. Yes. Uh, I wanted to actually like try. Although, to make, uh, no, go ahead. I wanted to go ahead and like try to get the kids to watch Terminator with me. Oh I, yeah. I want to get them to Terminator 2, right? But to get to Terminator 2, you got to go through one. Right. Yeah. And I don't know about your kids, I have this problem with with my stepson where you try to watch these these movie classics where they have the really good like practical effects, right? But the practical effects kind of look dated. Mm-hmm. And he gets so hung up on that, uh, you know. He gets so hung up on, oh, that looks like crap. Like, yeah, but it, but in 1984, it looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you kind of, gotta forgive the movie a little bit. You kind of go, you, you gotta, yeah, cut it some slack. You gotta go along with it. It's almost like a stage play, right? You know, you go to the stage and you allow but, yourself to be. You know, a, a voyeur. Yeah, you suspend your disbelief, right? But try yeah. explaining that to a 17-year-old, you know? Yeah. Uh, what was the name of that movie? Um, Clash of the Titans. Is oh, the, with the owl? 
Yes. The mechanical owl. The yeah. original. I'm talking about the original yeah, Clash. Yeah. Now there's a ton it's, of suspension of disbelief you got to throw on that oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got the mechanic. And I think it was was Harry Hamlin was Hercules I don't, in that I don't, movie. I think. No, no I, I think it's Achilles. I think he's who's supposed uh, to be. Uh, Is it Achilles? Or, it yeah, one of those. But, but yeah, that movie is... That movie's rough. Oh, that, rough. That, that movie's fantastic, bro. It's like it's like someone was playing with with uh, with uh, toys and then they let yeah. you watch, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's akin to the to the shit that, they're doing that, now on on YouTube. That that movie was ruined a little because then they remade it with all of the really bad CGI. Mm-hmm. You know. And and so it's like I always kind of have the two jammed together in my mind. <laughs> you know. The the what's the name of the giant monster at the end? I forget his name. Um, I, I don't I don't know. But like it's that wasn't uh, it the Kraken? The Kraken, yes. How can yeah. I forget the Kraken in both movies are awesome. At least to me, I know. I I mean, I'm sure kids will look at that and be like this is shit. And yes, yeah, but also awesome shit, you know, <laughs> like yeah, right. Yeah. But but like, like the Kraken, I remember looking at the Kraken because I was a little kid when I watched the fucking Clash of the Titans, and it was like, Rah! and I'm like, oh shit, and I remember thinking that is awesome and scary. Like that movie, that movie was so weird to me. You know, the, the the main thing I remember about the original Clash of the Titans movie is that mechanical owl and and it's it's like even as a kid it, it's like what is the point of this owl <laughs> the owl serves no purpose <laughs> in the storytelling of this movie and it was and it was just like this this owl was somebody's like creative love child mm. and and it was they fought tooth and nail to make sure that it made it into the final cut you yes. know but like it serves no purpose. It, it's it's some producer's idea or something. Yeah, I bet. Right. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, we're we're today's episode. We're trying to we're trying to get to um, the the killing joke, which is now yeah. on Netflix. Uh, but you could also purchase it on Amazon. So um, it stars uh, you know Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill as the Joker, and Tara Strong as Batgirl. So uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, right? And mm -hmm. I was a huge fan of the Batman animated series. Mm -hmm. uh, When I was, what, I would have been like 12, 13, 14 years old when that was on. I loved it. Thought it was fantastic. And I thought the Joker was so well done in the animated series. And it wasn't until years later that I found out that Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker. And I, I I will go out on a limb here and say that even including Luke Skywalker, this is Mark Hamill at his best. Oh wow! Mark Hamill as the Joker is is one of the best voice portrayals of a character throughout the whole animated series, throughout all of the the extra animated Batman films that were made. You know, Mark Hamill nails it so hard. He just nails the character so perfectly. Are you just talking just the character in general or in this movie? His portrayal of the Joker 
throughout all of the animated properties because yes. it's, it's been him, you know, and he, he does a really fantastic job in this property. Now I have my problems with this. Oh, you have, you have, you have problems with this movie. Uh, I have my problems with it, but so does half of the internet. So, <laughs> well, I but, mean, if, if you ask the internet, if they have a problem with something, they, they're going to give you, you know, problems. Well, right. But yeah. You know, you you hear, it, you can hear it in the the portrayal in the voice. There is joy in this performance, mm -hmm. which especially for voice acting, it it always strikes me with awe when a when a voice actor just goes for broke, you know, because there's so much pabulum, you know, there's so many cartoons, uh, animated things out there where the voice actors like they read the script and okay you know we're good mm -hmm. and you like you can hear it see to me you can hear it that that mark hamill is like wearing the costume you know he's he is inhabiting the joker yeah he is he is absolutely at least in my opinion the best joker and and you know the, yeah i guess the the one with the most you know work in the joker the most prolific i guess joker yeah but but um, uh, I mean, the second would be, it's kind of hard to, you know, top Jack Nicholson, but of course, you know, Heath Ledger, but, but uh, man, I love, I really love Mark Hamill as a Joker. And yeah, the, the thing you're talking about, at least in, in this movie too, he does all these little influctuations of his voice. He changes tone, pitch, all that stuff while keeping the voice of the Joker you yeah. know, intact. It is, and I remember, I, you know, I'm always like, oh, damn, look at this guy, you know? Yeah. But even in this movie, I was like, oh, man, look at him go. Like, he yeah. is, he's really, like, really, you know, chewing up the scenery, I guess. I don't know if you could say that with, right. uh, act, with voice well, acting, it's, but it's the voice acting equivalent of like the Jack Nicholson performance, mm -hmm. right? Where he's stealing the show. He's yeah. stealing the show from everybody else because, uh, you know, the, that's the nature of the Joker, right? The Joker's job is to steal the show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, for the Batman, for the actors that play Batman, whether it's the voice or the actor, I mean, it, it's a character that has one note. Yeah. Right. You know, Batman, Batman speaks in his low Batman voice. He's very, <laughs> he's very stern. Yeah. He's very stern. And there's conflict brimming below the surface. Yeah. But that's it. There's nothing more. Yeah. Batman. Well, I mean, and but that's part of who the Batman has to be, right? Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. And so, of course, the Joker, is, if the Joker's worth worth his salt, he's going to steal the show. Yeah. It, right? It's it's just, uh, it's it's tough to, to kind of be an actor, I guess, or our, our character, whoever, next to someone as loud and as crazy as that cat you know sure yeah but i mean but that's the only the only thing you could do is actually if you want to stand out next to something like that is probably be as silent as possible or, <laughs> you know it, there's no there's no other way i mean uh yeah but he, he's but yeah mark camel's awesome but I, like in terms of like the comic book because you read the comic book i read the comic book years ago i haven't had a yeah. chance to review it um and so here come the spoilers if you if you 
you, you should know I can't, that this can't possibly be spoiled. If there's anybody who's even remotely interested and they haven't either seen it or read the, the graphic novel, go do that first. Come on. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it came out in 1988 and then the animated version was 2016. Like, it, I'm not worried about spoiling this. For I, I just, I'm just warning people. Uh, I, I'm you're, you. You want to draw and quarter these guys. You're like, <laughs> like, yeah. Like what's wrong with you? If you haven't seen this yet. <laughs> <laughs> or just for that matter, like it's fine if you haven't seen it yet, but you have no right to complain about spoilers. It's like, it's like complaining that somebody spoiled that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Wait, what? Wait, what? No, it's just, it's just like, um, I, I just, you know, we got to throw that out there just in case. Yeah, you know, okay. Someone, right. you know, but I mean, if you're listening to this show, this show's all about fucking spoilers. All we ever do is yeah. spoil shit on this show. You yeah. know, I mean, you better not tell me what, you know, grandpa's gift is because I'm going to spoil it on this motherfucker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, it sucks, by the way. You're getting, <laughs> you're getting socks. You're getting some Deadpool socks. Everybody's listening. They're getting socks. That's what grandpa's gotten. Yes. <laughs> might be nice socks might be a pair of smart wools but yeah. you know <laughs> probably just gold toes yeah <laughs> gold toes <laughs> anyway so um fuck i forgot where i was going with it oh so here's something i don't remember about the book um and and, and you read it recently right i read it last night okay perfect so in the movie, you know, in the end, Barbara Grodin becomes, uh, what you would call it? Um, Oracle. Oracle. Yeah. Right? She becomes Oracle. Yeah. And that's like a post-credits thing. Yes. In the, yeah. Right. So is that present in the book in any way? I've, I didn't see it in there. Yeah. I didn't think so either. No. But I think that was, in my opinion, that was something they threw in to give them some place to go. I th I thought it was more of like oh it's it's not all doom and gloom for Batgirl she's still she's they they were empowering her yeah in the no, end. in the in the book she's not even Batgirl oh she's not there's no mention of Batgirl in the book I don't remember you know unless I got some weird expurgated version of it because mm -hmm. like it starts the book starts where the the show is like halfway through already, right? The book yeah. starts where uh, Barbara Gordon is at home with Commissioner Gordon and Commissioner Gordon, or, or no, I'm sorry. The book starts with, with Batman discovering that the Joker has escaped. Exactly. Yeah. And then the, then the very next thing is like, there's no Batgirl sequence. It just jumps right into Barbara Gordon is making cocoa for Commissioner Gordon, who's going through his clippings, his so, news clippings. So there's no and love then, affair or anything between Batman? No, none of that. No. Uh, and so in the book, right, th right then and there, it, the, the, there's a knock at the door. Barbara Gordon opens the door. The Joker shoots her and kidnaps, kidnaps Commissioner Gordon, right? Okay. And so... This is where my problems, and again, like half of the internet 
has problems with this. My problems, like the first 25 minutes of this movie, it, it bothered me on a number of levels, not, not the least of which is like just putting, putting Batgirl into this like uh, manic pixie dream girl kind of male gazy sort of thing and then having this like unnecessary love affair with Batman. And, you know, like there's, and, and, and like, I had to like pause it. Like, wait, did, did Batman just grab Batgirl's ass? Did that just happen? In I saw an animated that. movie. I saw that. And I'm you like, know? wait a minute. What? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah. I guess, I mean, it, there, there was some character development there where, where, you know, they show the office sequences where she's talking to her coworker about this mystery guy, you know, who's her yoga instructor, but it's Batman, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then it turns into this, like, <sighs> like she's, she's frustrated about, about her latent sexual attraction to Batman and then they end up having a throwdown on a rooftop after beating up some criminals and 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 then this is why it, this is what bothers me about it so much aside from all of this like what why are you kind of diminishing Batgirl and making her you know uh, her her entire impetus is based on she wants to plug Batman. I mean, come on. You're doing the character a real disservice there. But beyond that, like you waste like 25 minutes of of film time setting this stupid thing up. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Like it's a throwaway storyline. We never go back to it. We never talk about it again. It doesn't drive the story forward because there's nothing that happens there mm-hmm. that 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 helps the rest of the story. And, and so, like, why create 25 minutes of disposable story? Like, okay, well, here, here, here are two reasons that I can think of as to why they created those extra 25 minutes. Uh, number one, runtime. <laughs> you know, sure. They want they want to they want to stuff this movie with stuff, right? But number two, um, they they wanted it to they. I mean, obviously, they wanted to give weight to Barbara, right? They wanted to have the consequences that uh, the things that happened to Barbara mean a little more, right? You're 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 becoming uh, you're enamored, I guess, with with the character. You you like this character. Uh, yeah, they didn't succeed though. I, I <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was invested. I mean, but but here, so the other issue, the and I, I guess this is thing number three. Uh, the 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 third thing is, uh, they're in a way trying to draw parallels between the Joker and the Batman because in the end, sure. you know, it, it's famous. I, I mean, I've read this book years ago. I didn't remember it. But I, I remember this scene, and I've seen it all over the internet since then. The Batman and the Joker are laughing instead of kicking yeah. each other's ass, right? Yeah. Because they found some similar, something similar to laugh at, right? Yeah. Or something that they can 
both laugh at. Yeah. Now, uh, and, you know, in the scene where the Joker sexually assaults, because we don't really know whether he rapes her or not, because I actually looked this up uh, when we talked before. I, I jumped on the internet to make sure if she was raped. And so as much as it was implied, I don't know if it was really, uh, if it supposedly really happened. Uh, because even the uh, even the author of the story uh, has been kind of ambiguous about it. But yeah, let's just say you know, for the sake of the implication Any, that there there was rape, right? Yeah, whether she was physically raped or not, I mean, she was shot, mm -hmm. and then as she's helpless, stripped naked and photographed. Yeah. You know, so it's assault. Of some I mean, that's a, that's definitely a sexual assault. Yeah. So uh, not to drop, not to say that Batman having consensual sex with Batgirl or Barbara Gordon and the Joker, you know, sexually assaulting. Not to say those two things are the same, but they've they've kind of done a little bit of the same to Batgirl from two different perspectives, from two different sides. Right. Uh, right. They both yeah. essentially kind of seen her in the nude yeah uh, it's like one is despicable and the other one's kind of you know i don't know if you can call it romantic i don't think it is uh because i mean he's older than her she's he's more of a at the very least a brother brother figure if not a father figure almost yeah so it's um it's it's odd right um so there is there's a lot of this is the this is the problem I've always had with the story. There's a lot of being there's a lot of stuff happening to Batgirl that you know that she's being taken advantage of. Yeah, you know, um, by not only the Joker originally, but now Batman, and then and and always you know DC Comics the people who write you know the story not to kind of personify her, but just to kind of like say like they're she's a female character. They depowered her. Right. They, 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 cause now she's paralyzed. Right. And, and, and we had these two men who've taken advantage of her in two different ways. Right. Um, yeah. It, it's, um, it's, it's a tough story and, 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 and super iconic because it changed the path of Batgirl. Right. Sure. And like to me watching it, it, really for me it was just like you i didn't feel like there was a lot of symbolism in in the way that that they stripped her of her power right i'm watching it and i'm thinking to myself like you're turning bat girl into just another like token female mm -hmm. you know token um you know like like female trophy and now now everybody's going to be fighting over over bat girl you know and it, it just felt gross. You it know? does. It it does feel gross. And Batman even makes a note of it in the in the story. He says he's uh, uh, what did he say? I can't remember the exact words, but basically he said that you know he's objectifying you. You know, and and the bad guy, the first bad guy of uh, Paris France. Paris France was objectifying her. And Paris France. That was something. Okay. Okay, sorry about that. I'm going to turn my video off because I don't know if I'm... 
I don't think it's that. Uh, I've explained it on other podcasts, but every time someone uses the microwave downstairs, it fucks with the internet up here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know why that's making me laugh so hard. Dude, I, I, like, yeah. This, this whole this whole this whole operation's held together with uh, chewing gum and rubber bands and shit. I mean uh but yeah it's you know my, my which son- one of you assholes is eating a hot pocket you just <laughs> fucked everything up i hope your ham and cheese is worth it you son of a bitch <laughs> it's popcorn my my son he loves the pop the popcorn while he's watching tv he's downstairs streaming lord knows what and just fucking eating bags and bags of popcorn so uh <laughs> Right. That's that's what's happening. <laughs> I can't believe this shit's happening. But for the longest time, I just thought it was like the internet, right? Like the internet itself. And yeah. I was like calling the company and being like, "You assholes, you fucking, you're fucking me. You paid, you're charging me all this money, and you're not giving me the service, you know." But then it, I you might you might want to check that microwave, man, <laughs> because if it's like enough to disrupt your Wi-Fi, the shielding on that thing you might like you might be creating like little spider-man babies yeah oh my son would love that if he turned into spider-man he would not man not man spider but spider-man yeah yeah but but anyway before the microwave went off uh you were saying uh, we were talking about barbara gordon and And you started to get into paris france paris and and what i was like that is another part of it that's just again there's there's something I have a real problem whether I'm reading a book, watching a movie, or reading a comic book. Uh, this is this is actually why I just could never get into Game of Thrones books or TV show. I have a real problem with why are you wasting time on characters that serve no purpose? Mm-hmm. Characters like if if you're gonna have a character. And you're going to give them pages and they're going to have time and you're going to create stories for them. Make it worth a damn, right? Mm -hmm. Make it worthwhile. And the whole Paris friends thing is it's totally disposable. It serves no purpose. You know, it's a, it's a character and a storyline that's introduced in the first five minutes. And, and then it's like, okay, we're done with that. It has no bearing whatsoever uh, other than to kind of set up the, the let's say, uh, teacher-pupil friction mm-hmm. between Batman and Batgirl. Like, okay, it sets that up. But then that is a disposable thing, right? And, and, and so it's like you, you're creating a whole set of characters in a story to introduce something that then you abandon 25 minutes in, right? And, and – I felt like there was so much that we had to walk through or get walked through before we got to the meat, before we got to, okay, what is this story actually about? And the fact that like it opens up with totally disposable characters doing a totally disposable storyline just bugged the shit out of me. Well, I mean, and you just hit on something. What is this story actually about? What is it? Is it, Cause it's, it's never, it was never supposed to be about 
Barbara Gordon, although no, although as horrible and as tragic as that part of it is, not only to you know the character itself, but just to of, as a female character and the and the trope of of again uh, damaging female characters in yeah. comic books, movies, etc., so that they can't yeah. you know they can't be superpowered themselves in yeah. some way or or be you know a yeah, and the women, the woman character's job is to be the victim. Yeah, and her her victimhood is the catalyst for the hero. Yes, and yes, it's tired and sad. And and you know? yes, like let's let's kind of, let's let's think of better stories, right? Like, come yeah. on, you know, like we're that's that's the other part of of this uh, story in itself that kind of bothers me but i was one of the things i was looking forward to was seeing what they might have done different now not having read the book in quite a while uh realizing that paris france is not in the book is is interesting and and um, the motivation again is to kind of empower batgirl right empower barbara gordon yeah and, and then again at the end they they do just that again. Like they they let you know, oh, she's not done. She's gonna become you know Oracle, you know? Yeah. Um and and then funny, and the funny thing in the comics, I believe it was Jeff Johns, um, who's been, I guess, demonized. I guess he's some kind of jerk or something. I, I don't know what his story is, but uh people don't seem to like him. But Jeff Johns in the new 52 uh undid um uh, Batgirl's paralysis. He he still told us like he still allowed the story to exist. Okay, but um, but then uh, he he made it so that Batgirl recovered three years later and was back into being Batgirl. And and instead of suffering paralysis, she suffers from uh, post traumatic stress. Okay, so um, that's I think way more interesting. Um, because now she's she's a superhero right battle, battling PTSD and yeah. that that should be a facet that's something like they should really dive into the comics you know like I think that would sure. be, that would be a great storyline but just all all that and all that aside like she she was she they, they try to like kind of they it just feels like it was shoehorned in there you know it's not like yeah it, it I, I understand your problem with it I, I understand why it's there uh I don't like the fact that they kind of made a Batman a parallel to Joker in the sense that he is sexually um you know he had a sexual interaction yeah. with 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 uh Barbara Gordon, because then what else? Yeah. Why did you put that there? You know, that doesn't have to be. Yeah. There. Why? Why else? And and there are enough. That's that's been the Joker story from the beginning of the Joker, that he is he's the perfect foil for Batman. Mm -hmm. Batman is is all about uh, control and order. And the Joker is the opposite of that. And they're, they're two sides of the same coin because they're both, uh, even though there is no, this is as close to, I think, a definitive Joker origin story as exists. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's implicit. Like, they both became who they are because of some horrifying trauma, Right. And so they that's that's the always been the point of the Joker. 
is that he's he's the other side of the coin of Batman. And that's that's why he's he's the arch nemesis, you know. So they didn't need to add the whole, oh, now there's now there's this sexual triangle between the three of them. Mm -hmm. It's already there, man. Not the sexual part of it, but like the that's not you didn't need to go there to -hmm. drive the point home. And then, you know, the whole story is it drives to that point. The whole story drives to the point that there's not actually a whole heck of a lot of difference between Batman and the Joker. And that's that's what the book and, you know, the the film and the book, I mean, it's it's step for step. Once you get past all of that stuff in the beginning, all the the manufactured stuff with Batgirl, and it dives into the actual meat of what's happening, that's what the whole story is about. It's about the Joker trying to prove to Batman and Commissioner Gordon that they're they're not so far apart. Yes, you know, and and that's that de- the defining. Uh, line of dialogue from both the film and the book the defining line of dialogue is you know i want to show you that that one bad day is the difference between sanity and insanity you know and so he gives both the batman and commissioner gordon and barbara gordon a very bad day right um and then you get to that end, the endings. And, you know, it, it opens up with the Batman has sort of a soliloquy when he goes to Arkham. And it's all about how, you know, he doesn't want to play this out in, in, the, in the way that is inevitable where one of them kills the other. He wants to find a different, uh, a different way out. And he wants to connect with the Joker. He wants to acknowledge that, that they are two sides to the same coin. And then he finds out that the Joker's escaped and he's been talking to an imposter and, and we move forward. Right. Um, And then you get to that awesome, beautiful end sequence where the Joker tells the joke Mm -hmm. and in, in the book and they did, they did it pretty much shot for shot in the, the, film where it ends and they're both laughing you know and like batman's even like patting the joker on the shoulder like oh that was a good one ha 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 and there's this beautifully drawn shot of the the puddle it their feet they're standing in the rain they're both they're standing in a puddle and there's like a line in between their feet and as they laugh you know the line disappears Hmm. And it it's it it it's like this visual representation of now that they've actually both acknowledged who they are, and now you know the differences between them aren't aren't so deep. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I and I think I know that you don't like that idea, but I think that was the that was the attempt at the the romance between. 
uh, you know, Batman and, and Batgirl. Um, yeah, I, I can see that, but, but I also think like it was, it was a point that was already made. Like this is not a point that needs to be made more explicit, you know? Yeah. Well, again, runtime, right? They, they, yeah. And, and to be fair, like it, the, the graphic novel was only 66 pages, right? Like mm-hmm. turning that into a feature length film is there are going to be some challenges. And so of course they're going to have to add things. They're going to have to pad it a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, I just don't particularly like the way they padded it. That's, you know, and that's yeah. say that's nobody consulted me. <laughs> the, the writing of this and they shouldn't have right because what the hell do i know yeah um well maybe maybe after this podcast maybe dc will consult you from now oh on. yeah from from now on because not my cousin dan is clearly a genius <laughs> a, a creative genius oh well, i think so i mean come on i mean honestly though i mean you're right if they took out those 25 minutes of of Batgirl just running around being awesome and, and having sex with, with Batman, the, the story wouldn't be any lesser for it. Yeah. It would, it would, it would cruise by just fine. Yeah. Cause I mean, just the, the intention and the, and the, uh, you know, all, all the things that it was uh, attempting to, to uh, create or whatever, it, it, all the messages, we would get them. It would be fine. The movie would be yeah. just fine. But, yeah. you know, honestly, Unfortunately, it's purely there for runtime. Although, yeah, I got to admit, it was pretty awesome to see Batgirl run around and, and kick ass. You know, I enjoyed that sure. part of it. But does it need to be there? Probably not. You know, yeah. um, and that's unfortunate. But uh, I, I did enjoy it for what it was. Um, it was great to kind of uh, see the Red Hood part of it, yeah. all animated. You know, uh, I. I I really liked all that, but. And that's uh, one of my favorite parts about the book is throughout the book, just like throughout the film, they're doing these flashbacks and it's, Mm -hmm. it's the Joker's origin story. And you get all the way through that. And then there's just this massive kind of slap in the face where the Joker says, "Uh, sometimes that's the way I remember it. Sometimes it's different. I don't even know if that's real, you know? Uh, where where he sa- he says that and it's like it's it's easy to miss it but it but it it opens up that whole ethos of where what I think the best thing that anybody ever did with the Joker in terms of backstory was the way that uh, yeah, Batman begins with Heath Ledger where every, he he tells the, do you want to know how I got these scars? And it's a different story every time. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, also in Joker, which a lot of people hated, <laughs> uh, but you know, the whole movie is the flashback to how the Joker became the Joker. And then you get to the end and the end is written in such a way where you're asking, like you're asking, at least I was asking myself was, this whole thing was just another fabrication, right? Mm. The, the Joker is insane. And so he's an unreliable narrator at best. And so is, is any origin story ever going to be something that you can believe? And, and I love that. And I think this is where that began. I think that that one frame in the book where the Joker says, like, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he, it, it's like, 
that's the way I remember. Sometimes that's the way I remember it. Sometimes it's something completely different, but you know, I'm insane. So mm-hmm. there you go. And it, it, it's like, it, it was kind of a mind blowing moment of like, Oh my God, this is where that whole idea began that <clears throat> there, there may not be a real origin story for the mm-hmm. Joker because the guy's insane. Even if he can tell you the origin story, it's probably completely invented. Yeah. That's, um, that's he doesn't even know his origin. Yeah. I, I, I like my jokers. He says that too. He says something very similar to what you're saying. Like I, that's how I remember it. I'm not even sure that's true. He, he says that in like the net in the, in the movie version of it as well. So, but like, I like my joker ambiguous. I don't want to know his origin. I, I prefer it that he's like kind of like a, just an agent of, of chaos you know, if, if he's, if you, if you try to humanize him by be giving him an origin story, you're only going to humanize him. You're only going to get sympathy for him. You're going to make him weaker. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want, I want, yeah. I want him to be terrifying. And the only way yeah. to make him terrifying is to make him some kind of force of nature, you know? And, and- uh, if, if he just comes out of nowhere, that's that's scary, man. Because then it's just like, where did he come from? How did he come? How did he become? And one of the more, and not to cut you off, but one of the more interesting things that I've, uh, I, I guess, I don't know if this is a development within recent years or whatever, or if this story has been kind of tossed around in the comic books before, but in Gotham, they kind of made him a phenomenon. So Joker, the, right, the, yeah. the Joker isn't... Uh, just a single person it's a it's a thing that could happen to almost anyone you know yeah and then they yeah i i really liked the first two seasons of gotham i haven't seen gotham uh i I, i'm fine with like if you spoil it i don't care but and then and then gotham went off the rails right uh but that aspect of it where the joker is there, there isn't the joker it's mm-hmm. the joker is a phenomenon and i mean they kind of do that not in gotham but in the in the comic books you know they do that with batman mm-hmm. batman starts out as bruce wayne but then batman becomes a phenomenon you know he turns it over to nightwing you know and mm-hmm. right and uh, i like that aspect of it you know um but I, um in terms of the Joker being terrifying, which that is, that's the Joker's job. He, mm-hmm. he is the ultimate agent of chaos and he's unpredictable and he will do horrible, horrible things. And you never see, you know, you know, something horrible is coming, but you don't necessarily know what it is. That's what is the best part of the Joker as a villain, Right. I feel like both the book and I mean, the book is a beloved property and I do love it. I think it's great. You know, the film is a less beloved property, uh, Mm -hmm. but it, but it is also certainly beloved by people. I feel like the terror is missing here. I feel like the story is a little bit anticlimactic, you know, because of because of the laughing or or just in the film in general, or what do you think in the, in the film, What's anticlimactic about it is because they really only spend it's it's maybe a maximum of about fifteen minutes of screen time 
on the Joker's attempt to drive Commissioner Gordon insane. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in the film and, you know, in the, in the book, there's not that much to it either. Like, so Barbara gets shot and then they drag uh, Commissioner Gordon to this, this park and put him on the, the horror ride where, you know, the <laughs> Joker sings his little song and dance number. That was weird. And, uh, it was weird, right? Yeah. And it was actually even a little weirder in the book. Um, so the Joker does his little song and dance number. And then Commissioner Gordon goes on this hell ride where he's seeing all the big plastered photos of Barbara you know, yeah. naked and wounded, you know, and, and, you know, it's alluded to, I will say in the photos, it's alluded that uh, more untoward things may have happened there. And, but, but that's only like maybe 10 or 15 minutes of, of the actual runtime is the attempt to drive commissioner Gordon crazy. And I, I almost felt like, Am I missing something here? Because this this is definitely horrible, but it's not like this ultimate terror, mm -hmm. uh, you know. And and maybe it's because normally the Joker is an agent of chaos and he's trying to destroy Gotham basically, and this time he's just trying to destroy one guy or two guys, as the case may be. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's trying to prove his point that uh, that one bad day is enough to drive anybody, even the straightest arrow insane. Um, but I felt like that it, it was, it was kind of anticlimactic because he doesn't drive, you know, commissioner Gordon is definitely broken at the end of it, but he's not like insane. You know, I, he's not stark raving mad. I, I have to kind of um, disagree with uh, what you're saying. Cause in the book, I remember, like, it was rough, right? I mean, those yeah. those images, it, it was rough, and and then even in the in the movie, it was rough. I I couldn't, I couldn't watch actually. I mean, I I played it, and and I was watching, and it's animated, but I had a real hard time watching it. And I, was, I definitely had a hard time watching it. And I was like, Jesus, this is really going down, you know, dark yeah, territory. That's what I said. I was just like, they're actually kind of doing this, you know, like I was like, Whoa. And the whole, th it was just rough. It, it was, it was, I, I hated when he shot her, you know, yeah. and it's, and I, and I don't mean like, I hate the movie. I mean, I, I hate, I hate that that happened to that character. I'm invested. You know, mm -hmm. I, I like Barbara Gordon in this, just in general and even in this movie, but it's just like, you see her get sh like, I know what's coming. I know what's happening. The, I, I've read the book. I remember things. I don't remember shot by mm -hmm. shot or, you know, panel by panel, but I remember what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. I know the story. So I hear the knock on the door. I know what's going to happen next. She's walking up to the door and I was still kind of not ready for it he shot her and i was like oh crap but like i don't remember what he says to her i just remember the images and stuff so i remember her you know he shoots her and then 
he's he's talking to her like he knows he paralyzed her and one of the things that popped in my mind was like how do you know you paralyzed her what if you missed you know like but no he he's pretty certain i guess the way he planted the gun on her on her abdomen he knew he was going to paralyze her which was just kind of even more chilling yeah insidious of, of yeah of of the you know of the character it, it's it's a dark story and for me it there was parts of it i just could not stand i watched it all pretty much just because but i mean i'm sitting there and i'm like oh i can't see i can't yeah. and i'm looking up and i'm like i can't i can't and, you know because it's it was hard and i don't know it because i have a daughter you know and just thinking that something awful like that could happen really really bothers me but it's just you know i i, I guess that's the other the other things too is just like i look to these characters for my kids to identify to them so if if shit happens to these characters i fucking hate it you know sure i, I don't want, i'm one of the fucking assholes who who will like no, I don't actually do this, but I, I'm I'm akin to one of those people who will write the writers and tell them why the fuck did you do this to Superman? Why the fuck yeah. did you do this to Batman? Why did yeah. you yeah, put it back the way it was? And now you have the fucking the Flash running back in time, resetting everything. You know, like that's because of fucking idiots like me who can't <laughs> who don't want these permanent ugly changes to happen. But I mean, of course, if you want. If you want storytelling, you gotta have, and you want, you want the 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 consequences to matter. You want the stakes to actually matter. You have to kind of make these changes or these threats stick, right? I mean, sure. So, uh, undoing shit, as nice as it is, uh, doesn't makes the stakes kind of, you know. Oh, sure. That's uh, you know, like um, what there was. What was the uh, that that kind of robbed the last Jedi for me? Is like, oh well, anybody can be brought back to life now. Okay, you know, stakes are kind of low now. <laughs> um, well, no, because I mean, Luke is dead. Yeah, you no, know, I. But uh, I guess I'm with you. Um, I, for some reason, though, and I can't really put my finger on it, like there, there wasn't really a big climactic fight. Like there was, there, yeah, there was the fight between Batman and the Joker, but it was really lopsided. You know, mm -hmm. it was okay. So now Batman beats the crap out of the Joker, just beats him mercilessly, and you know, a handful of times the Joker gets the upper hand, but it's really short lived, and and then the end is the two of them just having a conversation and as much as i like that sequence it's it's just kind of like you i'm so used to the joker's machinations being grandiose and life-altering for the entire populace of gotham right mm -hmm. and so it, like maybe if he had done this publicly Right. If it hadn't been so focused on, I want to drive Jim Gordon insane. But if it had been, I want to drive Jim Gordon insane and I want all of Gotham to watch. That might have been the 
the part that pushed it over the edge for me, you know? Uh, but, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of felt like that's it. That's how I felt when I, I remember feeling that when I read the book and I don't know if that's kind of what's kind of built into the story. It's, it it might be anticlimactic on purpose. I think it is. And and it, and it, and it's just, you know, the Joker was trying to prove that any man can go insane, but what he ended up proving, um, I guess, to the, the viewer or the reader that, the Batman and the Joker, like you were saying, are, are two sides of the same coin. Um, yeah. But it's, man, you know, it's, um, it's fun. It, it was, yeah. you know, if you like, you know, self-torture, <laughs> if yeah. you, you want to. Right. But, I, well, but I, I mean, I watch all the DC properties. I watch every single one of them. And this guy has made a good portion yeah. of them. The director yeah. has made, uh, what is it? The, the, the director, Justice- Sam, Sam Liu. Yeah, he's made... Okay. Uh, the Justice League versus uh, the Fatal Five, and mm-hmm. the death of the of the Superman, and the 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 rise of the five Superman or whatever it's called, all, all that stuff. He's done all those, and um, I love all those movies. Yeah, he, he, he did the Red Sun, which I thought was great. Um, well, so- they're hard not to love because they're they're made with a love of the source material, mm-hmm. you know, and they're made with a love of the art. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it, it's not just, we're going to, we're going to make a cartoon. It's no, we're going to make a cartoon that looks good. Mm-hmm. And that, that captures the essence of the material. And it, if anything, that's, that's what I loved most about watching the film is the, the art is good. The art is true and it's, it's beautifully animated, you know? Um, it's, it's an, it's, it's like an interesting place too. the art, the art is in between, you know, Batman, the animated series and the justice, the, the the justice league and the the book, they bring, they bring the book in really, they bring the art of the book. So, uh, Mm -hmm. Ryan Boland drew it and Alan Moore wrote it, but they, they bring the style and feel of the book into it pretty well yeah and alan moore being that weird guy who who does all the yeah what's the name of the who watches the watchman all the the, another one of these guys like you were talking about with the ring when we when we did the halloween episode he's like how do you sleep at night how does this guy sleep at night (laughs) this is the stuff that's going on inside his brain how does he sleep at night yeah there's a lot of cats like that right like yeah it's just like wow you know you know what's funny i was not to veer off topic but i was uh i was watching uh some of these horror movies and i watched i watched the evil superman one what's it called uh brightburn okay i watched brightburn and watched la llorona and uh you know again i watched the shining i watch all these things i want to watch um the second Shining movie, the sequel, uh, Doctor Sleep. Oh, I haven't seen that. I want to watch that next um, while it's still Halloween, so I can be afraid to go to the bathroom yeah. at night. But 
But Man, so that, that movie got slammed by the critics. I haven't seen it. Oh, you have? I, no, I haven't seen it, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I want to see it. I want to see what people think. Um, I, I think, it, you know, someone, I can't remember who, it might have been Emily. Someone told me it was good. So, but that it starts off kind of slow. But I mean, so does The Shining. The Shining. So, well, I mean, uh, any horror movie should start off slow. Mm-hmm. Any thriller movie should start off slow. That's the whole point of a horror movie and a thriller. It starts off as a day in the life, everything is normal, and then you, you ratchet up the tension. Mm-hmm. That's that's the formula, and it's a good formula. Yeah. And, and you know what? In terms of formula, I was happy to see La Llorona has followed some kind of like American movie tropes, you know? I feel like she's like, she's made it over. Like she's, she's made the crossover. She's, <laughs> she's now part of the American, you know, uh, money machine, I guess, or whatever yeah. you want to, you know, she's like the Selena of horror movies. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, she, you know, they, they, there was a lot of things that you would see cause it's part of the conjuring series. Oh, okay. So, or like I don't, people have, I guess the people who made The Conjuring have a problem with the movie or something. Um, and they didn't want to include it originally, but it's like there's characters that are mentioned in the movie that are part of The Conjuring. And the producer is the director of The Conjuring movies. Um, so anyway, but it's just, it was it was nice to see, you know, homegirl making it over here on the <laughs> on the American soil, on the United yeah. States soil. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about it, so. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it scared the shit out of me, um, but only because, oh, I got something funny to you, for, to tell you, but, so, um, I'm, I'm trying to see if maybe uh, someone will do La Llorona, like, uh, podcast episode with me, where we kind of break down the folklore of it, Um. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if it happens, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing this research. Right. So I'm, I watch sure. this movie, I'm reading all this stuff. And, uh, <laughs> I listened to this podcast It's called, uh, La Llorona, uh, a Univision or something, uh, original, something like that. Right. Yeah. So it's a podcast. They have like four or five episodes and it's pretty decent, right? It's pretty good. Um, the last episode is an episode where they have like two experts and they like deep dive on the folklore and all that stuff. And they got like, in one of the episodes, I can't remember if it's the last one, but they got like a witch doctor who tell you, who tells you how to deal with La Yonana, you know, which is hilarious. Uh, but then there's like, what, but there's like throughout each episode, they have sprinkled in uh, real life encounters. Right. And so they got, there's a few white people in it. Right. And and one white dude is like, she's not part of my story. I don't know why she's like, he basically is like saying, she's not my culture. Why is she chasing me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It's like, I don't, I need background. I don't know anything about La Llorona. Okay. So uh, not to, not to kind of get ahead of the other episode, if it happens, but like, if you say La Llorona into a mirror, Three times does La Llorona appear and kill you? No, oh. uh, at least not until you just put that out in the universe. So, 
she might now i don't know she might just say oh that's a cool little fun thing to do i guess i'll start doing that too <laughs> but um uh she's this folklore it's based they, they kind of really don't know where it came from uh uh it's it's and, and she's kind of found throughout the world there's a version of la llorona everywhere um but in uh, mexican culture uh traditionally speaking she's known as uh, a more native american a more indigenous person a more indian person and a more spanish looking person they hook up right and so she's of she's of more meager beginnings and he's of noble blood right so he has money she doesn't and but they fall in love and they have two kids um and there's different versions of the story where she's you know um she has a girl and a boy uh she's not as mex she's not as uh native american she's mexican you know like they change some of these things but she's brown and he's whitish right he's spanish and so he has money they get together they have kids um but the the relationship isn't considered real by the people from his side right okay. whether it's his family or his his spanish people or whatever and so at one point he decides that he is she's no longer good enough for her for him so he decides to leave her and one of the things that he pride he had he was so proud of was the two kids so, but he leaves them with her and he goes off and either marries a another spanish noble woman or just somebody else right so he leaves gets hooked up with another woman of his status and leaves her behind and in her rage she and in an effort to kind of get back at him she drowns the kids and realize yeah i know it's fucking mexicans don't fuck around but like uh so she goes she realizes what she had done uh and you know she had like a moment of insanity she drowns the kids wakes up out of it realizes that she drowned her own kids and then somehow becomes this ghost like she either drowns herself or just kind of wanders the rivers until she just kind of dies. Whatever the case, she is stuck to water. So like water is always this kind of thing that she's associated with in all the tales people tell. Sometimes not, but for the most part. So like uh, it, it's, she's the boogie woman. You tell this, yeah. you tell okay. this, you tell this story to little Mexican kids to make them do what you want them to do. Yeah. You know, or you tell this story to white people so they can yell into the dark, why are you following me? I'm not part of your culture. <laughs> All right. So I'm totally invested. And I hope that someday there's a La Llorona meets La Chupacabra. That would be fucking awesome. Because I think we've discussed this before. La Chupacabra is like my favorite. Like of the, the like Mexican folklore. <laughs> Dude, that would be a fucking that would be akin to the grudge witch uh fighting the 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 ring ghost. Uh-huh. You know, like happen. Yeah, it's they I mean and, or Freddy Krueger versus, you know, uh Jason Michael Myers or Jason, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. That's a fucking great idea. Like we should start a franchise, a Mexican uh ghost story franchise. 
Sure. Like, with La Llorona yeah. being like the fucking Captain America of it all. Yeah. And then Chupacabra comes in and he's like the Iron Man, you know? And we get this <laughs> whole evil Mexican spiritual ghost team. Yeah. You know? There you go. And then you can't I mean, like, I'm into it. Yeah. Like, I, I can write that shit. <laughs> I, I'm into it. Fit, we, we can do it as like a like a sci-fi story podcast. There you go. Ooh, yeah. We would we're gonna need a woman to, to kind of speak Spanish on this. Well, you can work on that. Yeah, I, I can get my voice up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute! You meant uh, to get a woman? <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. Oh, I didn't. I thought you meant like yeah, you work on your voice. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't imagine anything giving me more nightmares <laughs> than than you training your voice to convincingly sound like a woman. No. I don't know if I could survive that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if my vocal cords could either. So but uh, but yeah, oh. dude. Um what were you we talking about? Oh yeah. We were talking about the killing <laughs> And then we got off on this La Llorona thing, which now I'm fascinated by. But uh, so to wrap it up, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you what, what are your thoughts on the Killing Joke, the I, the film? Okay, so I, I mean, it, is it a great piece of work? Yes, it's I like it. I like it a lot. Um, do is it something I'm gonna watch like every year or something or every few? No, it's not, I I, yeah. I I haven't read the comic in years and and uh, yeah, I I don't think I'll watch this again. Um, but is it is it awesome? Yes. Is it is it worth watching? Yes. Uh, are there problems with it? Yeah. You know, like you're like I I can't argue with what you're saying that those twenty five minutes don't mean anything. Like, yeah. You can you can live you can tell the story without those twenty five minutes, and he did originally. That yeah. You know, so it's I I can't. Uh, I I can't argue with the with you there. You're absolutely right. And if and that's I think the biggest problem with with the movie. And so, uh, but yeah. But what did what did you think? I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, like I I think it's a fun watch. It's mm-hmm. uh, I love in particular the Batman animated properties. I just I I love them. I have a sentimentality for them. They were a huge deal for me when I was when I was in my early teens. It. You know, you get home from school and you watch every day, you know, I, and and this is a continuation of that. And it's definitely more adult material than what the animated series was. But it's a continuation of the style and the ethos and and the artwork is beautiful. The animation is really well done. The voice work is really solid. Mm-hmm. But. I ultimately it's, it was like massively disappointing. Uh, you know, like I, I watched it and I was, uh, I was just expecting it to be so good. You know, mm. um, I was expecting it to kind of stand on its own. If you tried to compare it to the Christopher Nolan films, you know, and it's just, it doesn't do that. No, it's not it going to do that. It doesn't, it doesn't stand on its own two feet. Yeah. Um, like it, it, I would even go so far as to say, like it is, it is removed from the Batman animated series. It is, 
as are all of the feature length animated Batman movies. Like they, they are not supposed to be a continuation of that in two different properties. There's a couple but, movies that are, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't transcend that, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't transcend the animated series in terms of, of taking it to a new level. I mean, it, it takes it to a new level of more explicit, more adult, more jarring imagery. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the craft of storytelling, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't transcend that. It doesn't transcend the book. And, and I think if you're going to make a film, your goal should be transcending the source material, you know? And even though that's an impossible goal, mm-hmm. especially with something so beloved as the killing joke, that should be that should be your target. Your target should be, I need to make something that is going to be as influential and, and as groundbreaking as the original property was. Otherwise, there's no point in making it. Yeah. And that probably was their goal. And in my opinion, they just missed, you know, I, um, I have problems with the story just in general, like, as I mentioned before, but, um, if I was, you know, because I roll like that, but if I was like a producer or head of DC, I would have left this one alone. There would have been other stories I would have liked to tell. Uh, Yeah. It's, um, I don't know how this is, uh, I don't Uh, know how you make money on this one, but more than anything, I I, I will say that the saving grace of this movie makes me wish there was a Batgirl movie. Like I wish there was an animated standalone just by herself Batgirl, you know, like that's what this makes me wish. Like there is some stories in the comics. uh, I think it's Burnside. Is Uh, there one? She's got, she's got some, some of, she's got her own book, you know, uh, but there's nothing, um, nothing super rem- memorable or, or of worth noting. Cause I haven't heard anything. I'm sure there's plenty of stories, but she, she just kind of fights, you know, offshoots of Batman. I guess there's like a penguin villain. That's yeah. The son of penguin something weird like that in some stories but anyway like there they like it would be because i mean i guess part of what she was doing at least with in burnside she is uh trying to kind of she's going to college and she's trying to find her own way you know uh and so she separates herself from batman a little bit and the stories are all just her uh she runs into i think um some characters uh, but not not Batman really, which I I like, and I think that's I I that I think right now would be awesome to see is a Batgirl animated you know yeah uh, movie just a Batman focused even or series or or franchise you know yeah like that I think that would be great. Um, they've done it with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman has her one mm-hmm. movie, and she's got. Or animated one coming. Yeah. And they did it with Supergirl. And frankly, that Supergirl series is fantastic. I like the first couple of seasons. The last few seasons have been kind of rough for me to watch. I mean, I I haven't watched. I think I watched through season four. Okay. Um, 
but like all of those DC shows, you fall in love with them and then they they carry on a little too long. Yeah. Uh, like Green Arrow, the first two seasons of Green Arrow were perfect. Wow. I don't know if you watched them, mm-hmm. but like they, they, they were so damn compelling and uh, true to character and, and all of that. And then... Then it goes places, and it goes <laughs> places that it shouldn't go, and mm-hmm. and it was kind of informed by it, it's a it's a uh, it's an example of you know the directions that they went were informed basically by by fan service, and the problem with fan service is you're never going to get it right because for all of the fans who want to see this, that, or the other, there's the same number of fans who don't want to see that at all. Yeah. And so now you're, you're playing to a subset and you know, you're, you're abandoning whatever your own creative vision is and just going for, okay, well, this is what the fans want. So this is what we're going to do. And so Green Arrow really goes off the rails, but the first two seasons of that show are phenomenal. Mm. Uh, the Flash, I had a problem with The Flash because I had to figure out, and it's actually an interesting thing. So all of these DC properties are produced by Greg Berlanti, mm-hmm. right? And I don't have a problem with that. I think he's done some amazing things with these properties. But The Flash, especially the longer it goes, becomes like uh, superhero Dawson's Creek, you know? <laughs> and yeah. it's, and that's what, like, I, I kind of got like fourth season and, and like, and I had been thinking that the whole time. And like, at first it really threw me off. And then I had to realize, uh, and you know, you get into these shows and you realize these shows are specifically written for tweens and teenagers. Yeah. That's who this is written for, right? Yeah. These are not, these are shows that grownups can enjoy, but the silliness and the, the romantic entanglements and all of that, it's because this is written for kids in high school. Basically. Yeah. No, you yeah, know? you're absolutely and, right. And, you know, I kind of figured that out pretty early on with all of these shows and I was okay with it. I was like, okay, I can put that on the side, you know, I can, I can forgive that because you're writing for an audience, you know, I get it. And it, it wasn't, you know, once, once you can kind of swallow that, these shows become great. Mm-hmm. But then like the flash just kept going to just digging so deep into that. Well, and I remember thinking exactly that, like, I am so tired of watching superhero Dawson's Creek. And then I started looking into it. What was Greg Berlanti's first big show that that he was the executive producer on, that he owned, that it it was the show that he staked his career on, was Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, I have problems with the DC properties. And like you're saying, it it stems from uh, a couple of places, what you're saying, you know, it's it's not for it's not really for me you know yeah it's it's for a younger audience yeah and also um uh, production value right 
The, 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 oh, the, see, that never bothered me because it was like, I want a little cheese, you know? Mm-hmm. These, these are comic book movies, you mm-hmm. know? And, and like, I have a deep, deep love for like the old 60s Batman TV show. Yeah. I, I love that show. And I love it because of the cheese, I, you know? I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's it's because I mean I still watch the shows. I I just I'm just saying that those are the weak points, right? Production value sure. and and uh, the target audience. Yeah. Um, but I I I I really like the first season of Supergirl. Yeah. I I I I kind of like the second season a little bit. Uh, after that, it just kind of falls apart for me. I. I hang on to the flash because I feel like the first season was so strong. Yeah. Um, I got to get back into the flash. I think I've watched through season five. Ah, you're not missing much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, well, that's exactly why I stopped watching green arrow. Cause it's like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. It's, you, you, it, now it's, it's, it's like watching Grey's anatomy where, you know, like the first two seasons are, are so solid and it builds and it builds and then all of a sudden it becomes, okay, you, you have eight episode formulas and you just replay those same formulas over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, which is Grey's Anatomy, right? And they, yeah. they've done, done that for what, 17 years or something. It's, like it's, I, I don't want, it's, it's repetitious of course, but yeah, mm-hmm. but like I, I hang on for those, there's always like a one episode where they kind of really kind of, if, at least for the flash there's something uh that the flash learns to do new or something yeah. or some kind of new trick or something yeah. that he takes to an extreme and, and those are the episodes that i hang in for sure uh, the um but like that happened a lot in the first season because the powers were new to him right yeah like running him him running in a circle creating a tornado was awesome the first time he did it yeah uh, there's only so many of that kind of nuances that he can perform after the first season but like there's my uh, like one of my favorite episodes is the one where he uh when when they introduce flash time and he's able to like slow down as this bomb is going to explode and all the other flashes show up and try to like keep up with him in flash time but like some of these other characters can't because he's they're not the flash you know like um jay garrick shows up and, and then uh jesse quick shows up and all these other yeah. characters and he ends up being the lone character that saves the day and it's like that episode was awesome uh, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes and whenever they do an episode like that makes the whole season worth it for me because that's sure. all I'm, that's all i'm yeah. hanging in for that right. one episode where they yeah they but really that's, man that's that's where the problems come in for me is yeah. When you get into the seasons that that there are, you know, six or seven throwaway episodes, six or seven, you don't even have to watch them yeah, to know what's going on, you know, and, uh, you know, they kind of solved that with Legends of Tomorrow, mm. because that you have this massive cast of characters that come and go. And it, it's a it's an entire series built on the concept of we're gonna do it, it, bat shittery. That's it. The whole <laughs> series is bat shit. Yeah. And and so 
we're going to throw the rule book out. It doesn't matter what we do. We're just going to do everything. Yeah. I can dig that, man. That show is so goddamn wacky. I, that's the uh, one. Yeah. That's the one show I, I did not attach myself to it because I was like, I don't, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And that's why I, that's exactly why I love it. That's why <laughs> it, it may be my favorite one because like, I, I don't have to worry about really following the story too much, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I don't have to worry about necessarily being too invested in the characters because there's so many of them. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, there are characters that you become invested in, but, but it's, it's all bat shittery and, and it's loony balls, loony balls insane. And I, and, and I enjoy that because I don't have much expectations going in, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you're, when you're, when you don't have expectations, you can't be too disappointed. Yeah, I guess that's right, right? Because it doesn't, it's borrowing all the characters, but it's not a property exactly, right? It's not Justice right. League. It's not, it's right. not anything. Well, it, 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 I, I think that's maybe what I love about it the most is you're taking the cast offs, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're taking the, the superheroes that the rest of the superheroes do not take seriously. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I mean, they're, they're basically the superhero fuck ups. Yeah. And uh, you know, which actually leads me to, so where legends of tomorrow led me to the doom patrol. I don't know if you've seen doom patrol. I've seen like the first two episodes of doom patrol. I think it's awesome. I just haven't had time to watch. One of the things that I love about doom patrol is that it gets away from that Dawson's Creek formula. Mm -hmm. It is not written. It is written for me. It's bananas. It, and it's, and it's totally bananas. Yes. And, and it, 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 it does follow that formula of these are the cast offs. Mm. These are, these are failures, utter failures yeah. as superheroes and their powers aren't particularly good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and they don't know how to use their powers mm-hmm. and they're just, they, they are both thrust into having to become heroes and, and sort of deciding, hey, we're bored. Let's become heroes. And then they fail miserably over and over. And, and it's bananas. And and so it, it kind of carries some of that formula that I love of Legends of Tomorrow into a more adult-themed, I can get into this and, and I don't have to be distracted about, you know, bizarre love triangles and, and uh, teen-centered dynamics, you know. Yeah. And I, I plowed through doom patrol, like in the, in the last five days. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. And so wait a minute. So you have DC universe or something? No, 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 no. I, I, I have my own means. Oh, okay. So I have DC universe. Uh, They have, uh, that's where doom patrol starred started. Um, I don't know what exactly happened but I guess it's not doing as well as it should. So they're transforming DC universe into just a comics kind of library. Oh no, it's going to HBO max. Yes. Team patrols going, going to HBO. Uh, And like they, so like the second season their their filming got shut down uh, by by COVID. They didn't finish the second season. They jammed it all into nine episodes. Hmm. 
So the, the they were end a of short this, episode. There was short. It was a short series to begin with, though, right? Right. So nine. The second season is nine episodes, and this the it's a big cliffhanger ending, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it's because they had to shut down production. They could not film anymore because of COVID. But they have they are on for a third season mm. with HBO HBO Go or HBO Max or whatever. I gotta I gotta finish it. I gotta go through all that before uh, before it, it it goes away because I don't want to have to buy HBO Max. And, and I mean there there are some drawbacks. It's it's not it's bingeable, but at the same time there's. There are some of the gags, like recurring gags and, and recurring lines of dialogue that kind of get eye-rolly because mm-hmm. it, they, they get thrown in there way too much. But if I wasn't binging it, like if I was watching it on a weekly basis, as you're supposed to, I probably wouldn't get eye-rolly and tired of it, you know? Mm-hmm. But that that show connected with me because, again, like it's it's the first of these DC shows that's clearly like we're writing this for grownups. Yes. <laughs> you know, they, they, I don't know what they were thinking when they put that show together, but they obviously didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That yeah. show, that show, I mean, even the bad guy, the bad guy, like Mr. Nowhere or nobody, Mr. Or, nobody. Yeah. It, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like you see this bad guy yeah. and I'm like, you don't know what to make of it because I only seen like the first two two episodes. Yeah, I, I I need to go back and watch it, but at this point I'm like, what? What? What's his power? What does he? What? You know, like yeah, and and, and they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They just right. it screams I don't give a fuck all over it, all over it. From the way yeah. the characters look to. To, to the storylines, to the bizarre fucking crazy Mr. Nobody. Yeah, and there there are a ton of, especially with Mr. Nobody, there's there are a ton of like meta jokes, mm-hmm. you know, where where they're they're making fun of the fact that like at least Mr. Nobody is aware that it's a TV show, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I it's it's so well done. And if it if it does not end up being popular and does not end up continuing on. I w- I will be a little bit heartbroken. Oh, really? Because I look. Yeah, I haven't. I again, I haven't seen the second season because obviously I didn't finish the first, and that's the the problem too, right? But I saw trailers for the second season, and I seen what is supposed to be the main villain slash antagonist. Yeah, but like, and that's and that's what a villain looks like. Apparently, like again, they don't give a fuck. She's like a little girl, and she's like monstrous looking, but weird. It's just like what? Oh, oh, there's so much more to it. Okay, so don't tell me. No, uh, <laughs> no, no spoilers this time. No spoilers this time. But but that's because we're talking about something that's relatively new and still going on. Mm-hmm. That that we could actually spoil. Like no, no, nobody's gonna get spoiled on the Killing Joke. Yeah. Know? So, like, um, uh, while we're on the topic of all these DC properties that are made into shows, um, the one show that surprised me was uh, Stargirl. I haven't seen it yet. I don't blame you because, again, I don't think it was made for you. You know, it's definitely not made for me, but I enjoyed the shit out of it because I sit there and watch it with my little girl. Now, my daughter's nine. Right. In that regard, it was made for you. Well, 
it's made for dads to sit next to the daughters yeah. as she cheers on the new Buffy because that's yeah. what she is. She that's like if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, this is all kinds of Buffy. She is okay. all kinds of Buffy, and there was it, it. I I loved Buffy, and I loved the crap out of this show. And but again, I I don't know if it's a good show. I just know that I really really enjoyed it sitting next to my daughter um because she's like cheering on for this girl and it's just it's all kinds of fun but um but uh what's the name what's his name i can't remember his name right now but they have some fairly popular actors in this in this movie uh, or show i should say which i find surprising but anyway you should give that show uh, a watch if you can um it's, is it on DC Universe? It should be. It's on DC Universe, but it also should be for free on CDW on the CW. Oh, um, okay. Uh, unless they took it down, but that you can watch it there too because it also aired uh, on live TV. But uh, but I I enjoyed it. Give that first episode a watch. If you don't like it after the first episode, you don't need to watch it. it you're not, you're not gonna. <laughs> okay. It. It's not gonna change. It's, you're not gonna like fall in love with it. You know. But uh, because I liked it right out of the gate and my daughter loved it. And it was like the thing to do every week. We would go and watch this goddamn show um, because they as they as they aired it on on TV, they threw it on DC Universe like two or three days late, uh, before. OK, so right. we, we would jump on the couch and watch it right before, it, uh, you know, you know, the two days before. And I thought it was awesome. The production value was a little higher than the CDW. Uh, which might change because now it's on the CW. The CW. The CW. The CW. Yeah. C- 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 CDW. The CDW. The CDW. Advertising. <laughs> CDW is where you buy your computer shit. Um, <laughs> that's not. Buy your blue Yeti mic from CDW today. <laughs> when we actually get um, advertisers, you're going to do all the advertising. <laughs> yeah. There you, you get, go. Yeah, you're gonna get all the all the advertising ad jobs. <laughs> you got the voice for it. But uh, uh but yeah, I mean that would be great, you know. I mean, some people are like get, are doing ads yeah, for like cereal. Our first shit. sponsor is gonna be like Pornhub. Oh dude, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's that's money, you know. That's <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, like uh was it Rogan did uh the shake weight or whatever? No, what was it? The 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 fleshlight. The, the fleshlight for years. For, for years, fleshlight. Yeah. That's hilarious. But I mean, I mean, who knows what we'll get. But like, I mean, right now, <laughs> right now the stuff is pretty tame. Like you see people doing ads for cereal in their YouTube channels and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I would fuck. You know, anybody want to sell stuff? Just let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? Oh, Stargirl. So yeah, I don't know how we got there. Porn and and oh, geez, how do we get anywhere? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just uh, that's why we call it the the flow roll. The flow roll. Yeah. There you go. So um, did we uh, <laughs> did we uh, beat this one to the pulp? Or? Yeah, I think we've beaten this one to a bloody pulp. Yeah, I I think uh, I think we got. Yeah, it. go ahead. if you're listening, go watch the Killing Joke, read the book, mm-hmm. and then go watch Doom Patrol, 
and yeah, we're good. Yeah, and then you can go to the Floro on Instagram or on Twitter and tell us how much you love us, or you know, <laughs> which would be fantastic. Uh, you can tell you us know, you, you hate us too. I mean, yeah. any kind of interaction at this uh, point would be great. Rate, rate us, rate us on iTunes. There you go. Give iTunes. us a, give us a, uh, a few stars. There you go. I'm going to go out and say, give us five stars, but any star count at this point, <laughs> any star, any, any vote, <laughs> any kind can only be helpful. Yes. Yeah. Cause right now we're not even on the radar. It'd be nice to be at least on the very end of the radar. Yeah. The, yeah. Just yeah. a little bit. Just a little bit. Just just on the radar. Just so you can say we're on the radar. Because yeah, they don't even, yeah. I don't know if anybody knows we exist. But you know, like every every episode, I see the thing climb. So oh, uh, there you go. I'm watching the analytics and it's it's like uh we uh we get a few more watches every single time. Yeah. Give us give us the feedback. So that so that we can tailor our topics to keywords. <laughs> Tell us what you want us to talk about, and then we will talk about it. Next week, the special election coverage episode. No, 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 not, no, not getting anywhere near it. No, we can't. We can't. I, I don't. I don't want to. I did. It's, it's just no. We. You know what we should do is. Uh, uh, if we're still here, we could do. Nah, can't do that either. Uh, I I don't want to do anything political. I just, I just don't want to. Uh, I I just it's just. Uh, well, at at this point, it wouldn't even be constructive, right? Yeah. It it there's there's very little I think either one of us could say that that would be very constructive, other than to say. Crazy, has to stop. <laughs> <laughs> crazy crazy has to go away and uh something that resembles reason and, and normality could return that would be great i i would i would love myself a big helping of normalcy right now and I, i'm talking about normalcy from before not how much better would life be at this point if politics went back to being boring I would, it would be so fucking awesome. It would be great. Yes. Let's make it boring again. That's make the, it boring again. There you go. Make, make it boring. Make politics boring again. There you go. There you go. That's, that's the new slogan. You and I are running. <laughs> We're making <laughs> politics boring again. Yeah. President Dan and Vice President Edgar Otra Vez <laughs> are here to make politics boring again. Beautiful. There you go. All right. On that note, <laughs> let's that, wrap it up. <laughs> on that note, because uh, I think uh, uh, not my cousin Dan needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> this is Edgar Travis uh, on another episode of the Floral Podcast with not my cousin Dan. Thank you so much. And uh, make sure you vote. <laughs> <laughs> there you go for this podcast for the, yes for this podcast that's what I meant iTunes yes. Spotify uh, SoundCloud catch you later alright <laughs> the music
you're listening to is called Gloomy Thoughts, and it's by Matt Large, which you can find over on Epidemic Sound. Man, that was a good one. We had fun. I always have fun. I, I, you know, I love everybody that I have on my podcast. Everybody that I've had on has always been a blast to talk to. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find us on social, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram as The Flow Roll. And if you want to support the podcast, head on over to shop.theflowroll.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.